Atomic Joints Activated. Welcome to episode two of the Goblin Stompcast. I am Howard, also known as Goblin Stomper on Twitter and on the blog, goblinstomper.blogspot.com. So I want to thank anyone who uh, reached out, favorited the first episode, listened, uh, was in any way interested in what I had to say, and it may be interested in future casts, so I'm going to drop another one today. Um... Really, the one thing I learned, uh, you know, I'm using Anchor FM to sort of push out and start this process. And uh, in listening to what I had done, I was uh, pretty shocked, actually, at how the quality of the the voice was just using uh, my phone, which is uh, a Samsung S7 Active. But man, I, I really do miss being in front of a mic and a computer and having a pop filter, like some sort of screen to stop the, the the pops and then being able to really go through and, and edit out some of the noise. and But I'm going to keep it rolling like this. It's just far more convenient, and I think I'll be able to get a lot more done with without the overhead that was required for, you know, other things that I've done in podcasting where I spent not excessive amounts of time, but, but definitely time. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, escapism and our hobby. When I started playing in the very early 80s, around 81, it was very close to the time where we had, uh, you know, older folks remember the satanic panic, younger folks will have heard about it but not experienced it. I did not experience it, I certainly heard about it, and... Around that time, uh, there was also that Mazes and Monsters TV movie where Tom Hanks uh, loses his mind and ends up in a cave. It's too crazy to even talk about it. It seemed so stupid to me as a kid that that would even happen. What didn't seem all that crazy when I was a kid was that they were really, you know, deeply getting into the game. You know, he was wearing like a robe and the lights were down and were candles, whatever. There was an ambience in the space that was created sort of pre-losing uh, his mind or maybe uh, in process of losing his mind that didn't seem all that crazy. I thought, wow, that would really add some nice elements to to play. And at the time, I was probably playing a mix of uh, basic and advanced, really pushing more uh, into AD&D at that point, so there were a lot more, not only rules and class options, but uh, but you know, game worlds were starting to coalesce. You know, we started to see the beginning of Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms around that time. And you know, I spent a lot of time, like many kids do, role playing. I mean, entire weekends were lost to it. Uh, well, lost. Lost is not really the right word. We're devoted to it. Uh, you know, I would meet up with a friend maybe on Saturday morning, 
we planned, you know, a sleepover, his house, my house, whatever, a couple other people might be in on it. And there would be these marathon sessions, which I'm sure are, you know, not unfamiliar to many of you. As an adult, obviously I don't have the time to devote a weekend. You know, I mean, I guess that's what cons are for. For some folks, I really don't have the time or the financial wherewithal to just jet off and do something like that in as much as I, I would like to do that maybe once a year. I, I don't really have that option. But I do wonder um, with how, you know, I look at the explosion of Dungeons & Dragons and its relationship to the explosion of the Internet and more specifically social media and how I'm, I'm almost positive that those two things correlate. I, I don't have studies. I'm not a sociologist. But it seems obvious to me that the reason that 5th edition had really become sort of the phenomenon that it is is that people were able to really push it out through Facebook and uh, Twitter. I mean, I know that the Twitter friends that I have and, and the, the people who just follow or, you know, that I follow, it, it's huge. I mean, if I take the percentage of people who are like OSR and the people who are 5th edition, it's uh, OSR is a minor chunk. It may be the most active chunk for me, but it is definitively not what I see the most of on my feet. And, and so I would spend these weekends uh, immersed in the game, not necessarily becoming my character, but when you spend enough time playing in, in a row, enough hours in a row playing, you do feel very immersed. And on some levels, it was freeing. You know, I, like a lot of kids, I had stress. I mean, it's not the same stress as adult stress, but, you know, I had school stress where I didn't want to do the work or wasn't able to do the work or whatever, had incredibly poor work habits. My grades were always in the balance. Um, But beyond that, I had the the stress of, you know, just the social stress that kids have And, and being able to be in a room with, you know, two or three guys who also knew that stress, understood that stress, and understood that this game, this particular game experience, was not, you know, one hour on a gridiron of forgetting things. It was hours and hours of losing ourselves in this fictional space that we created. Now, for us, you know, especially the the older guys who are, you know, OSR-style play guys, our games are not the same, um... Of course, there were there were guys who sandbox played. There were guys who railroad played. There were guys who were more storytellers than they were combat guys. But but we were all some version of that, and there was some escapism in that on some level. What I think I see and what concerns me now is that there is such uh, what appears to be addiction in the social media space. People who are, and I am on some level guilty of this, so I'm not exempt from it. I I think that seeing it and being somewhat a part of it uh, has formed this opinion for me. That people are, obviously, their faces are in their phones all the time. They're checking their Facebook feed and they're checking their social media feed. And I wonder if that combination of social media availability, of instant connect, and of 
role-playing uh, are not healthy together. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, Again, I'm just postulating here. I have no idea. I have no facts. I have no data. Um, I can, I think, say clearly that OSR play doesn't necessarily always include storytelling elements. And so sometimes you're just sort of, the story is sort of there in the background and, and hanging, but there's a lot of kicking in doors and killing things and getting loot and getting better. And, and maybe it's more uh, side scroller in that way, or I, I don't know. Um, when I run a game, I definitely include a lot, what I think are a lot more elements of storytelling but I also let it be very free-flowing, and I don't forget that people love to kick indoors and kill monsters and take their stuff. So I make sure that there's a healthy balance of that. But what I see in my Twitter feed is a lot of people really living not only um, aggressively in their game space, but also uh, like living gaming all day, every day. And, and I, I don't know if this is a healthy thing or not a healthy thing. What, what is the line between hobby and obsession? Um, where does um, gentle escapism and healthy sort of uh, removal from normal social space start? And then where, where does it become? Where, where do you, <laughs> what point do you cross the line and become Tom Hanks in a cave with a robe? Like where, where is that? So I don't know what really sparked that with me this week. I think that um, I was working on my photography a bit and, and feeling meditative during that time and also feeling a little stressed during that time. And, um, but it was good. It was all positive. And I, I felt the whole experience being positive. And I remembered how I would feel after a, a whole weekend of, of gaming as a kid. And often it was a feeling of, oh, now I have to go back to the real world and that doesn't happen to me with my photography and I don't know why I don't know if it's a function of my age and that hobby and when I came to it but with um, with gaming I think that uh, I didn't want to necessarily there were many times where I did not want to remove myself from that game space and come back and, and it would be Sunday night dinner at the table with the family and like I was thinking about absolutely not spending time with the family but why I couldn't just spend another three or four days doing what I've been doing I was having such a good time um, so that's that's the meat of this I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts may be on social media and gaming or on gaming as an escape and when it becomes uh, more than casual escape when it becomes problematic has it ever become problematic for you have you ever felt like it was a space you did not necessarily want to leave or found it difficult to leave the headspace of your character or as a dm of say world building um, i imagine for authors this is a, a struggle that's uh, I, I guess it's why they spend a lot of hours alone at that work and they're able to survive and make a life from that work so in in that case is it healthy to put yourself in, you know, to be the, the DM of your book, to, you know, to be structuring it this way, your life and your interaction with other people? And when do you have to pull away and do, can you 
pull away. You know, I don't write long form, so I don't know what it's like to sit for five days in a row, eight hours a day, and just do that work. Um, so that's it. Uh, you know, I just wanted to, to put my thoughts on that out there. Uh, say uh, hello to Follow Me and Die, who followed me this week, and you should definitely listen to that podcast. He's great. And uh, Mix GM, absolutely. You know, follow that podcast. Um, he's out there, and, and he's doing some interesting things. And I'm excited to play in the Axe game that hopefully we will get running this week. Thursday is clear for me, so I'm good to game. I'm announcing it here publicly. I am free to game on Thursday, um, barring any you know unforeseen incidents. I hope you guys had a great weekend, and I hope you got to play a bit. I worked on my online game a bit. Um, I'm running a Fantasy Grounds game of AD&D First Edition. There's a great free rule set. Um, I know there's a huge... There's like a cadre of people who are just um, roll twentying it, and it's free, and that's what I'm doing. And I think roll twenty is fine, but I think it uh, it is the steamroller of a tabletop, virtual tabletops. It just it's just a giant behemoth that, while there are um, plenty of assets to be had, I think it's a lot harder to not to learn because I think they both have probably an equally difficult learning curve but I think it relies a lot more on your players having materials um, available to them and uh, Fantasy Grounds definitely like a lot more structured uh, has a lot more finesse I think it's a cleaner interface I've been playing Fantasy Grounds for years I do not work for them I always promote them on the blog I think if you're serious about wanting to play online then it really is the best virtual tabletop. But it is by no means the cheapest. Roll20 is free, and um, and Fantasy Grounds has cost a few bucks to buy a license. Uh, I know you can buy a subscription through Steam. That might be a way to go. I, I don't love the subscription model. I like to own my software and then use it how I want to use it. But uh, this wonderful, wonderful guy... Uh, uh, I'm assuming he's wonderful because he built this rule set. He had no real impetus to do so. It's built on top of their newer 5e rule set, so there's a lot of uh, macro ability built in to the rule set, and that makes playing, once you become familiar with it, very smooth and easy. Firing a spell is easy. Combat is simple. Things just calculate out. He's always tweaking it. He puts out updates all the time on the regular. He's very serious about promoting it. It's really a, a, both a 1e and I think 2e uh, rule set. And again, it costs you absolutely nothing. Source He has source material, so there's like uh, OGL source material available. So monsters are available. Equipment is available. Um, it, it, you know, there's a lot to work with there. And I absolutely can't wait to, to dig in deeper. I ran, um, or I'm in process of running a 1E game, which ha- has had a few bumps in the road. But I hope uh, maybe next Sunday to get back into that saddle and be doing that again. All right, so I've hit the 15-minute mark now with just talking, and I'm going to kill it. Uh, if I have more to say about something, I'm sure you'll hear from me later. It's very easy. It seems like to pop some... Um, 
some info onto Anchor FM and then just push it out to the world. And I know that there's some downsides people are fighting a little bit about user rights and whatnot, but I, that, that too shall pass. Uh, I, simplicity couldn't be better. They've connected me to basically every podcast broadcast service there is without with just a, a single push of a button. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast, this is great. And if you just want to, uh, if you have a podcast, if you're running a gaming podcast, especially LSR style stuff, and you're looking for people to talk to, I would love to connect with you. It'll be on mine. I'll be on yours. Well, you know, there are endless topics for us to talk about, you know, so connect. All right, guys, have a great day. Game on. Be cool.